0: What's up, buddy? It's your boy, Stephen Blake. Welcome back to our first episode of this podcast, The Found Podcast, where we talk about faith, Christianity, all that jazz. I'm super excited, super pumped. Our first guest is Brooke Jordan.
1: Bye.
0: Yours truly right here. All right. Basically, I'm asking the questions. She's talking. Whatever she wants to talk about, Micah's hers. So first question is, give us a little bit of a brief background about like, who you are, your story, where you're from, all this kind of stuff.
1: Okay. So, hi, I'm Brooke. Um, I am originally from the Palm Springs area, California. So, basically moved one desert to the other. Um, I, right now, work as an executive assistant at a global consulting firm. Basically, that just means scheduling and rescheduling the same meetings. Um, I'm j- Like, what... <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want to know, Blake? How about, Any
0: specifics? How about just like, tell me about like your upbringing. Like, okay. I know you're a, pa- a pastor's kid, essentially, a PK, yep. right? Tell me about what that was like growing up
1: as a kid. Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of different because you have two conflicting perspectives. On one hand, people expect you to be perfect all the time and not ever sin or mess up and then on the other hand you have the people that expect you to be a rebel and say pastor's kids are the worst well that's kind of true it depends on who you are but growing up having those two conflicting things it's really hard to balance um i typically fell in the rebellious side my brother fell into the angel child um and people just put that label on you and so you kind of have to grow up with these expectations of being perfect or you're set to a different standard. And, uh, yeah, I fell short most of the time. I mean, elementary school, I was pretty, I don't know. I was still sinful. We always are. We were born born that way, but I was pretty chill up until left the nest and then went to college, decided to be a little wild child, took after both of my parents and their rebellious years of being a prodigal, and yeah. Mm. Okay. So having said all that,
0: what have you kind of learned about, I guess, yourself in that process of, like, from childhood to maturation? i will probably go into, like, more of your testimony of sorts, right? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and, and share that, if you would, a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard, because on yeah you're expected to be one way but then you know you're a sinner and God has just shown me a lot through all of my years of turning him away and just being stubborn and trying to do things on my own that I can't do it on my own like there's nothing that I can do that will save me that'll earn me eternity with him in heaven and that I'm always gonna fall short. And so it just took a lot of error and feeling the pain and the hurt of what sin eventually does and what the Bible says it'll do, um, of just causing death, not only in our physical bodies, because yeah, we're gonna die. Like, that's just the way it is. And that's the consequence of what happened in the garden. But also just dying internally with pain and hurt and all the other things that come with the choices and decisions that we make. So took a lot and I essentially had to hit rock bottom and get to the end of myself to realize that I was never going to be able to save myself. And then God came in and was like, Hey, I've always been here, but like, do you trust me? And I was like, okay, my way didn't work. So let's try yours. Cause I can't do it anymore.
0: Describe what that moment was like when, I guess, for example, you found God because you know God doesn't need to find you. you already, yeah. He's out. You already know who you are all the time, like a right. la Garden of Eden. Like, where are you? Like, I know who you are. Duh. But like, describe like that moment mm-hmm. that you found God because you grew up in a Christian home too with your dad. So like, was that a different moment compared to like other f-
1: Christian friends that you have, or what was that like? I mean, growing up in a Christian home, you already know about the Lord. You already know about Jesus and what he did on the cross for you. And you've, you have all this biblical knowledge, but I would say I didn't really understand the, the deep need for God to save me and the gravity of sin. And so I claimed I was a Christian my whole life. Like, that's all I knew. I was living a Christian life on the outside for the most part, but like, I wasn't in a close knit relationship with God. And so I didn't really see a difference until um, my prodigal years. And I knew that I was choosing to live a life of sin. Like I, I made that distinction in my head. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this my way. And that's that. And so I would say that turning point where it truly hit, I just, The decisions I was making and the things that I was doing caused so much brokenness. And my relationship with my parents, my friends, I was living a lie. I was in secrecy in so many different areas. And like, I just hit a rock bottom that I'd never experienced before. And just God met me there. And it was different because this time I was like, okay, I've explored all of the other options that life has to offer, and none of them work out. And so I think the turnaround was just really me finally seeing, like, I need God. I need him to save me. Like, there is no way, no other way that can save me outside of him and his grace and mercy in what he did sending Jesus to save us on the cross. So I think in that moment, it all finally clicked, and... I was able to just fully devote myself to him. And yes, I still slipped up and I still sin. Like we're human beings. We're going to sin. Nobody was perfect outside of Jesus. But the way that I live my life is completely different. And God just keeps revealing himself in the years since then.
0: Tell me about what that is like now from that period before kind of the, the BC, of course, or BC of sorts before Christ, as opposed yeah.
1: juxtaposing that with now where you're at in your life
0: with how kind of, you know, God's transformed you in that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's night and day, even in the last, because that turning point was in 2020. But even from 2020 to, I would say this year, 2023, the beginning of it, totally different, like still a baby in my faith. And like, yeah, I have all this head knowledge about God, but the, the fruit of my faith was not nearly where it is now. The dependency on him was not where it is. The closeness, the revelation, the way that I can just hear God and see God and understand him, reading his word. And like it's just grown in a depth that has never been there and it keeps growing. Um and I guess just the biggest transformations is in my desire to serve him. Um like I can't I can't get enough. Like I serve on a billion different teams and it's not to say Oh, look at me. I do all these great things for God. But it's like, no, like, I love him so much. Like, I want to further his kingdom as much as possible and like share what he's done in my life and how he can save other people. Cause everybody's seeking to be saved in one way or another, whether they're turning to drugs or alcohol or whatever coping mechanism, but they're not finding the key to true salvation from their struggles. And so I just, I don't know, want to help as much as I can. And God's grown me from being super judgmental and self-righteous and like holier than thou. And like, well, at least I don't do those sins. Like, okay, Miss Girl, you've done <laughs> you've done a lot of things that other people have not. Like, who am I to judge? Like, Jesus didn't judge. He was perfect. He had never sinned. And yet he still spoke and cared for and loved on others with such compassion and just grace and forgiveness. Um, so he's grown me a lot in that area, which has been awesome to see.
0: Mm, that's awesome. Well, talking about the ways in which you've grown and how you've kind of transitioned in this period, talk about what that looks like in terms of like evangelism to others. Because, I mean, call it like three, four, five, six years ago. I'm sure you wouldn't have had, like, the boldness or, like, the the heart and the head knowledge to be able to speak and proclaim gospel to people who weren't Christians yet, right? Talk about yeah. what that experience has been like for you.
1: Um, it's definitely been a turnaround, and it's still something I struggle with, don't get me wrong. Um, but I never shared about my faith. Like, <laughs> looking back at the beginning stages of, you know— God transforming me, it was very much so, like, we don't need to talk about this. And from the outside, I didn't look any different than the world. Like, I still cussed like a sailor and all these other things. And, like, if I would have tried speaking about my faith then when God was still working in those areas, they probably would have been like, well, why do I need Jesus? Like, your life looks no different than mine And so I didn't share, because I do. And deep down, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm living one foot in the world and one foot not. And through time and just him changing and transforming and convicting me in certain areas, like now, I still have to pray about it. And there's still things that make me uncomfortable, more so because I don't want to push somebody away. And I have to just come to the realization that, like, God is so much bigger than anything that i can say and like if he's going to reach someone he is going to reach someone and i mean you have to just kind of go into it being like hey god use me in whatever capacity in whatever way um help me to just share and meet somebody where they're at and so that looks differently like sometimes you don't think that you're making an impact or that people are seeing but people notice when you don't live the way you do and when they ask questions like you don't always have to come out and be like do you know what jesus did on the cross for you and like come at it super abrupt and super harsh but if people at work are like oh you're not drinking or you're not like oh so sorry like i know you don't cuss like i'm sorry or that allows for an opportunity for them to ask like why is that and then i get the opportunity to be like well you know, the Bible and, like, I'm following Jesus and get to share that way to where it's softer Um, and just, yeah, meet them where they're at, have some friends that are really struggling, and I get to try to (laughs) essentially speak into their lives using the Bible and what the Lord would say to them, but without being as explicit about it, and it hits different, and they receive it, and then From there, it's just a matter of, like, working up and speaking out in boldness and being like, hey, take this or leave this, but I just wanted you to know that Jesus loves you and that he will never leave you or forsake you, and he's chasing after you whether you accept him or not. But he's always there. He's always going to be there. And it that speaks to people for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. And those are powerful words, too. Like, when you say something like that, it just kind of, like, rocks and be like jesus loves you and you're like huh like
1: like what uh, does that even mean yeah, like what
0: why like what for what reason like because he loved you first and it's like I, you do not do anything it's like I was messed up as I was, but it's like, yep, yeah. God loves me through it all, and Jesus loves me through it all. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy part. And speaking about kind of the ways in which you've impacted people, is there like a specific instance you can think of that comes to mind with like being able to plant those seeds, but then also to see the fruits of that labor kind of come to fruition?
1: Um, it's a little early to speak on that. There are plenty of seeds and specific examples I can think of. Um where the gospel's been shared but the lord still has to do a lot of work and ultimately i just need to keep loving on these people and um sharing but god's gotta soften their hearts a little bit and let it sink in of how much they truly need so i'm hoping and praying to see the fruits of those um but if not I can rest assured knowing that the Lord has him. And whether it's something I say or maybe years down the road and they hit a situation or meet somebody else who makes it click, then that's awesome if they come to know him. But Mm
0: -hmm. yeah. What about, let's say, for example, I know you don't want to pitch the gospel. It's not like a marketing scam or Mm taking like an MLM or anything like that. But when you're speaking about And evangelizing to people who may not know yet, or maybe like fringe, right? Like they're, they're close to the line, but like, they just need like just a little bit more of a nudge, Mm -hmm. kind of what would be words of encouragement or what you would speak out of in terms of being able to maybe just nudge them a little bit farther.
1: I mean, I feel like that varies person to person, Um, whether it be what my relationship is with them, if there is any relationship or just asking those questions and actively listening to see what are they needing where are they not being fulfilled where is that void where is that hole um and then depending on what their answer is being able to speak in that and bring the bible into it and be like hey here's what the bible says about this like from what i hear this is where i would just love to encourage you and like this is what the lord says and you know um yeah, just being able to speak to them in that way in whatever specific capacity that they need.
0: Okay. Let's say a hypothetical example. Okay. They get over that line, right? Like, okay, I want to do this interest prayer. I want to accept. I'm fully in, sold out. I don't know fully what this means yet, but I feel like I, I need to do this. Like, I feel something in my soul stirring. They cross that line. What happens next, right? Because some of the people who are like, okay, I accepted that, or I did this, and I'm in. But now what happens, right? Like in your experience, what have you been able to like speak into that for someone?
1: Yeah. I mean, that actually came up in a conversation a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, the person was just like, well, I mean, like I can pray and I can go to church and do all these things. And I was like, don't worry so much about the So It was like, there's no set like, okay, here's the checklist. You accepted the Lord. Now you do this, 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 this. Like it's not... It's not like that. Like, yes, we do those things, but, um, it's not to just mark something off the list. So my encouragement in those moments is, Hey, like let's work on completely giving ourselves and submitting and humbling ourselves and handing that seat of lordship of our lives. Cause we all operate as our own King, as our own queen, as our own Lord of our life. Like We make the executive decisions because we want to X, Y, Z. Fully submitting that over to the Lord is the first step. And that is what I encourage. And I'm like, hey, if you need scripture, boom, boom, boom. Here's where that'll encourage you. And then I encourage people to go to John. I'm like, hey, read the book of John. It's a good place to start. It was like, don't start Old Testament. (laughs) Like, leave the Old Testament alone for a bit. Like, that's going to be confusing. Um, But start with the book of John. See why ultimately Jesus came and like what your decision truly means. Like, let's go back to the beginning and see, okay, we sinned, Jesus was born, Jesus came, Jesus died, and here's why. And let's understand the basic principles and foundations. And through that, the Lord's going to speak to them. And just trusting like, hey, you don't need to completely get it. Um, and you don't need to have all this head knowledge or do the right things or don't worry about that. But like, just go in with an open heart and say, Lord, show me whatever you have for me. And then go into it and just start reading and seeing what he speaks to. Because 90% of the time, it's through his word. Like he's given us a physical... Book of Him speaking directly to us, even if it was 2,000 years ago, like it's still relevant today and as relevant as it was then. Um, so just I encourage them go through one of the Gospels and see what the Lord speaks and like just continue to ask Him to speak to you and show you different things and meet you where you're at.
0: Mm, that's good stuff. No, I wish I, wish I had the Bible, I wasn't like, grabbing like this the manual this, thing, this right? is the manual right here this thing it helps i promise I swear like it's foolproof it's great it's awesome yeah. um another question i would have i'm trying to think of one would be talk about what it's like to you know for someone who may not be like too familiar may have for example let's say church hurt. that's a big thing right talk about what you know if you've experienced any like what that's been like because you of course you grew up in the church right With, with your dad and all that but like maybe you've been you know had friends or family that have like experienced that church or talk about what that's been like kind of I guess discipling or encouraging or motivating someone to to try it again even if that was their experience in the past
1: yeah I mean at the end of the day we're all sinners and that includes the church like there is no perfect church because we're all simple broken people like that's the reality of it And while, yes, there are certain churches that I would encourage people to go to and certain ones that I wouldn't based on doctrine, based on beliefs, based on the things that are most important to your spiritual growth, I would just encourage them like, you know, I'm so sorry. And like, I'm not taking away from the validity of what they what this church did or what you experienced here. But just know not every church is like that. But also acknowledging like, yes, we are sinful people there is bound to be a not perfect church and every church has its areas of sin. Like, I'm so sorry that that was your experience. That is not all of them. And if you give it another chance, like pray about it, think about it. But ultimately, like God does call us together as one, as his church, as believers and to be spoken into, um, by those he anoints as pastors and, Um, preachers and just who have that knowledge to help us in our walk. So I would just encourage them to give it a second shot and just try not to hold the sins of someone else and make it such a general, broad thing, because that's not necessarily the case.
0: Speaking on kind of like that, that challenging aspects, I guess for you personally, what's the hardest part about being a Christian?
1: Oh goodness. Um, <sighs> I would say not knowing everything cause I'm a control freak. Um, and I wish more than anything that God would just like lay out all the stuff, lay it out on the table. Tell me exactly what I need to do and I'll do it. Like, Lord, wherever you want to take me, I will go. But like, can you, can you let me know what the plan is so that I can act in accordance? And God doesn't always work that way. Like, he reveals certain things to us and not everything. And we just have to trust. And I would say that's the hardest part because we're supposed to completely trust him. And if we know everything, there's no reason to trust. Like, there's no reason to have faith because we know all the answers. And then it becomes about us doing it instead of him doing it. And so I would say that's my biggest struggle is just, especially right now, what I'm trying to work through and, like, trust him in with future and what he has for me like lord can you just make it clear already like i would just like to know which way to go and like i trust you but like can you give me a little something and just being able to submit that every day and knowing you may not know when you want to know and that's okay but if you're being diligent and faithful where you're at like God uses every season and everything that we go through and turns it around for his purpose and his glory. So I would say that's just the hardest thing is trying to go about the day-to-day with either little to no information or when you're trying to work through something big and you're wanting the clarity and you're wanting the answers now because we live in a very, you want it now, you get it now society. And not having that can be tough, but...
0: That's you know, called instant gratification.
1: Hundred percent. Right. Couldn't think of the word, but yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: there you go. You want to microwave it, right? Oh, like, yeah. My TV dinner. Throw it in there. I'm already done. All right, cool. That took like ten seconds. Mm-hmm. Not easy. So now we're gonna play a game. Okay. You have sixty seconds to answer ten questions trivia related about yourself. Okay. No pressure. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Let me get my phone.
1: We all know I'm not the best trivia. You're
0: not crush it? Don't even worry about it. Okay. Here we go, 60 seconds on the clock. Three, two, one. Where were Adam and Eve born?
1: Born? I mean, they weren't born. Well, from? They were created in the Garden of Eden.
0: Correct. Okay. (laughs) Number two. How many innings in a softball
1: game? Nine. Your job? Seven. I think it's nine. No, nine is baseball, seven. Is
0: it seven? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. (laughs) Okay. All right, number three. How many brothers did Joseph have?
1: Twelve. I can't see your answers. Oh, I think that's... it's twelve.
0: Twelve? I think. Eh. <laughs>
1: Not oh, surprising. Okay, right. one off. All right,
0: what is the first book of the Bible? Genesis. Correct. How many plagues did God send on Egypt? Four. And eh. Ten. <laughs> Who was the first king of Israel?
1: Oh, I don't know. I literally don't know. Saul. Great.
0: Name of the town Jesus was born? Bethlehem. Good job. Where did Jesus walk on water?
1: Hang on. Jordan? Nazarene? Galilee.
0: Correct. <laughs> okay. Galilee. great. Where did, what disciple denied Jesus three times? Peter. Good job. And last question, who won the Super Bowl last year?
1: Oh, heck if I know. I have no idea. I don't even know who played last year.
0: (laughs) What is the Kansas City Chiefs? What? The Kansas City Chiefs. They won? Yes.
1: Okay, that's great. Who'd they play?
0: The Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) let's see. Why
1: would you ask me a football question? (laughs) Told you it was random.
0: All right, here we go. Clearly. So you got that one, you got one.
1: What, am I getting a score here?
0: Yes, out of 10, snort. Um, You said seven. Okay, you got that one. One, two. I can't count that fast. How many brothers did Joseph have?
1: I got uh, that wrong. The other
0: wrong. Okay. Ding ding. Uh, Plagues, got that wrong. Yeah, Genesis, you didn't get that one. You got that one. You didn't get you to give that one. Let's get that one. Any of that one. Okay, let's see. According to your score, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, you got six out of ten? You did.
1: Hey, that's not bad. That's, that's a, more than half. That's a D. Oh, that's all right. <laughs>
0: <More than> Alright. <half. laughs> all Alright, y'all. That's gonna be the end of the show. Thanks for coming on. Good stuff. Great stuff. If you haven't already, guys subscribe to the podcast smash that like button drop a comment let me know what you think until next time y'all peace out